Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's episode is fully dedicated to my single men and women out there. Our guest today is a Los Angeles-based author, relationship coach, online educator, speaker, podcaster, and founder of Heart of Dating. Not only does she have a new book coming out in February of 2021, but she is hosting a free virtual event for single men called Get the Girl 5-Day Men's Challenge, which starts on October 19th. Y'all are not ready for today's convo, but we're going to go in with it anyway. With that being said, here is my conversation with Miss Kate Warman. Kate, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Trevor, that was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Let's talk about dating. (laughs) Yes. like, And the main reason I wanted to have you on the show is because Mm -hmm. I'm so single and like I see what you're doing with the guys conference and all that stuff. And I'm like, I've already signed up because I'm terrible when it comes to that stuff. And I'm not afraid to admit it. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm so good with girls or girls like I'm great with guys. Like, no, like Trevor, (laughs) it like I'm not confident in that space. So (laughs) I'm super excited to have this conversation. I'm going to be as vulnerable as possible in this. Um, So I really wanted to talk to you today and just hear your story and even hear some tips that you have for all the single people that are listening. I know about a good 62% of the audience that participated in the poll that we did is single that listened to this podcast. So It's just so fitting to have you on here. So again, thank you so much. But I wanted to get started with talking about your new book that'll be coming out in February. What can you share about that? Yeah. So uh, when people come to me for help with dating, oftentimes they're like, Kate, get me on a date. Like they want me to be Will Smith Hitch for them, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, I love all that. But also so much of the work we have to do in dating is not only our relationship with others and how we date, but it's also really starts with our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with God. And when I've been reflecting, when I was like, I want to write a book um, and God put that on my heart, I had reflected more and more and realized I don't just want to start straight in with dating 101, even though Mm. I may write a book on that later on, stay tuned. And I love that. (laughs) I want want to help people even more in the area of dating, but didn't feel right to go straight into like, here's how you date without first addressing the things I talk about when I coach people individually, which is your relationship with God and yourself. And so I really reflected on my own life. And what I have seen is in my story and what got me to starting Heart of Dating was that so much of my life is played by is plagued by trauma and hurt and pain and stories I've created about myself and others. And ultimately this big fat word called rejection. And in my opinion, rejection is like an umbrella. It's not just heartbreak. Rejection encompasses so many different areas of no's in our life. Um, and it could be betrayal. Somebody betrays this and that feels like a rejection to who we are. They chose somebody else if they are cheating on us over us, right? It's a rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, even getting, you know, not getting into the school we want or not getting the job we want. That's a rejection. Uh, not fitting in with people, feeling like we're not invited. That's a rejection. Mm-hmm. Then obviously heartbreak is a rejection. That's an obvious one. But then, you know, being abandoned by our parents or by friends, people suddenly going in and out of our lives, that feels like a rejection. Then we also have the ways we self-reject, which I wanted to address as well, because so many issues in how we show up in our lives and it for other people and in relationships start with 
honestly, the narratives we believe about ourselves and how we unfortunately are self-rejecting ourselves before other people even can. And so this book, it's called Thank You for Rejecting Me, is about 11 different areas that we have to deal with rejection, some really hard topics. It's I go into the deepest, darkest stories of my life and talk about the, the hardest moments I've had to face and reckon with, but then the practical things I have learned and I'm still learning that have helped me to not be afraid of rejection, hurt, and pain that have happened and that may still come because rejection will still happen to us. Like it's always going to happen. Yeah. We can't like be in a bubble and have it never happen. So yeah. how do we learn to live in that tension and have it so that rejection may happen to us every single day, big or small, but it, we can build such a strength that in the future it can prick us, but not take us down entirely. Mm. That's what this book is about. And I'm so excited to share about it um, because nobody really wants to talk about rejection. They're like, uh, I hate that topic. But I hope <laughs> that the reader feels encouraged, empowered, and really seen, and also feels like they walk away with some practical advice as well of how to handle this really daunting topic. <laughs> I love that so much. And when it comes to rejection, I remember in high school, kind of what kicked me into the, oh, I'm not even going to try category mm-hmm. is rejection. So whether yeah. it be in dating or um, even just things that happen in life, whether you try out for a sports team and you get rejected right. for that and you, like it, it just goes all over the place. But in the dating atmosphere with you being a dating coach and doing this for a living now, starting Heart of Dating podcast, if you haven't heard that, you need to go listen to it. It's amazing. Um, how have you found mental health and anxiety come into play when it comes to dating? Oh man, it's come up in such a huge way. I think especially Trevor this year, like we are dealing with um, so much, so many mental health issues, depression at an all-time high, singles feel really lonely and it's causing depression and anxiety. Right now, this year has been crippled with so much anxiety. I mean, there's just so much going on. And so I do believe that that has extremely affected how we show up in our dating lives as well. And I think we just have to really normalize these topics. And uh, if someone shares with you like, hey, I'm going through depression or hey, I'm struggling with anxiety what does it look like for us to get curious instead of starting to judge people for that or immediately write them off? Because you may meet someone that's struggling with some mental health issues Mm -hmm. and you may eliminate them. But like the, if you meet someone who is quote unquote perfect right now, that doesn't mean that that person's not going to struggle with mental health issues in the future. Right? So I just think we need to normalize the fact that so many people struggle with anxiety and depression. And if somebody that you're dating or meeting is struggling through that, the question isn't like, Oh, should I date you or not? It's what are you, how are you actively moving through that in your life? I'm curious to learn about that. How can I come alongside of you? Mm. I think we first judge people instead of just getting curious, asking questions and and getting and just observing where are they really at in their mental health journey? Because of course, there is a level that maybe there are times and seasons where we need to focus on our mental health and also not be in dating relationships, you know? Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people, even people close to me, find their identity in who they're dating or if they're not dating, they don't feel worthy and they get depressed from that. So you mentioned that you went through some trauma in your life. Um, Did that lead to any mental health issues for you personally? Yeah, I mean, so I struggle with, um, I have anxious attachment 
style. Um, Mm -hmm. So for people who don't know attachment theory, I've done episodes on this. There's four main different kinds of attachment styles. There is secure, which means you attach securely in love. You had a healthy model of love in your childhood years. There's anxious attachment, which means you're kind of always on edge that somebody's going to leave you or that it's not going to go well. And so you want to try to you go into fantasies, you want to try to control this situation, and you become really anxious when things start changing um, because you're afraid at any moment that the good thing that you have may disappear. Then there's avoidant, and those people, individuals uh, had love in their childhood years that basically they couldn't trust and they were ignored quite often. So they learned to take care of themselves. So too much intimacy feels scary for them. And so when um, they start getting deeper into a relationship, they're like, wait, 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 this feels, this feel, this person needs me too much. And this is, so they, you know, they start distancing, they start being mm-hmm. colder. You don't hear from them as much. Um, and I'm just giving a very brief overview, but then you have disorganized. Um, and that's kind of a combination of like just uh, anxious and avoidant, somebody who had a really, really traumatic childhood. And so they go and flop between being anxious and avoidant. So I lie more on the anxious attachment style side. And to be honest, about over 40% of people today, I believe are anxious attachment, actually very interesting. Mm. Um, but most people don't even know about attachment theory that I talked to. And so, yes, um, a lot of my upbringing and then relational patterns that played out through abuse and trauma, I really exasperated my already existing tendencies to have anxious attachment in love. And um, basically another definite, it can also be coined like love addiction. Like you are addicted Mm. to love, to intimacy, to needing that, to fill a void. And when you don't have that, you feel low. So you feel worthless. You feel invaluable or, or not invaluable. You feel not valuable. And you therefore crave it and seek it out at all possible cost, right? And then when you have it, you like want to keep it no matter what. And, and so you kind of go into these cycles. So for me, I I'm very aware of that. I still have, I've healed through that immensely, but of Mm. course, you know, there, it's always a journey. Uh, they say, and this is a scary fact, but it's not that scary because the beauty of attachment theory is that we can heal these kinds of tendencies through healthy love modeling in our future. So if I'm dating someone and I have some anxious attachment tendencies, whether they're secure or they're avoiding whatever, all we need to do is recognize that and show up consistently for the other person. And through time, it ends up healing those old woundings of love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they've had it said, and I've heard a psychologist told me this, um, that it can take up to six years in a healthy relationship to truly heal your attachment wounding. Because wow. think about it, it's from your childhood. You know, this is like ingrained in the DNA of how your brain was forming. And so those neural pathways take quite a bit to rewire. And it's not bad. Like I think we do heal through relationships. So that would be the biggest thing that mental health wise, like I struggle with more anxiety when it comes to relationships. Like to be honest, I'm good outside of relationships. I don't have that much anxiety, but in relationships it gets queued up and that's where I have to recognize what are my own personal triggers? How do I self-soothe? How can I come to God? What do I know about myself? How can I separate my trigger and what's happening from like currently from what happened in the past, you know? And so there's a lot of internal work you can do. It doesn't have to be that scary, but it also means it still pops up and I have to be aware of that. So. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it's kind of a reverse of that. I, I 
have a hard time with putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. So I got a random email from your team saying, you should join Drop the Hanky. And I was like, I ain't doing that. Like, ain't nobody (laughs) wants none of this a mess. And I kept getting them. And I was like, what the heck? So I put it up. I don't think it's like been approved or anything. And I'm being vulnerable with you people today. Let's go. Um, I've never done the whole Bumble or Tinder, like swipe left, swipe right. But I want to talk about drop the hanky because it's so unique. I feel like there has to be some kind of negative something that comes with Bumble and Tinder because they put it. They put it out there to be kind of an addictive product, just like Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. They want you to stay on their app all the time. So whenever someone likes you or whatever on there, I assume people get those dopamine hits like, oh, right. that's great. And also they have a online dating in general has a bad stigma around it for just being hookup sites. So drop yeah. the hanky is a clean um, Christian alternative to that, which I'd love to have you discuss just in case yeah. somebody out there is like, I don't want to join Bumble. I don't want to join Tinder. Facebook yeah. dating is still terrible. Um, yeah. Where, where is there something for me? And Christian mingle is almost like farmers only.com. Like it's <laughs> just a no go. So why did you start drop the hanky? What is yeah. it? Give us the, whole spew on it. Yeah. So I love it. I really think that it takes vulnerability to be able to drop the hanky on either side, the girl side or the guy side and drop the hanky is a term that basically just means you're showing the person interest. You're dropping the hanky and seeing if they're going to pick it up. Right. It's, it's all, that's all it is. And I believe women can do that. We can show guy guys interest. We can show them like, Hey, throw them a bone, give them a green light, open the door. Like there's nothing wrong with doing that. Ruth basically proposed to Boaz in the Bible. Like everybody let's not freak out about women showing guys interest. Right. Okay. So I created drop the hanky to really be a curated way for people to um, meet people virtually. I started it in quarantine and I wanted to just get it out there and see what happens. I had no idea it would be as successful and that many people would sign up. But basically guys have to submit a video, a one minute video of themselves. And that's already vulnerable in itself. Let's be honest, because guys don't often record videos of themselves. They just do Mm. not. And they're like me get in front of a video and talk about myself. You know, (laughs) like every guy's like, uh, what? I'm going to say mine's kind of high energy, but still like, it's probably cringeworthy. Like I don't want to watch it. Okay. Now after this, I'm going to watch it. Okay. I'm oh, going to give you personal feedback, Trevor. I'm sure you it's have great. to Gotta be nice to yourself. Talk good about yourself, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I wanted guys to do something vulnerable. Cause I also think that that is a challenge for them. Great. Awesome. Then the ladies get access to these videos by signing up. So the, the vulnerability for men is you put yourself out there with that video that's already big and vulnerable. Then on the flip side, the women get to watch these videos and then they decide if they want to make a move via Instagram. So it's through Instagram. And if they like the guy and the thing about a video versus a dating app is it's more than a static image and words on a page. You're hearing Mm -hmm. the guy speak. You're seeing his facial expressions. You're hearing him talk about himself and see what he's passionate about. What does his face light up when he talks? Like, what, what is he, what is he about? What is his vibe? You know, like, mm-hmm. what am I getting as I watch his video? And you don't get that in a dating app. Typically Mm-mm. you just are photos and, and words, you know, it's hard to, to read words and, and really understand a person. So one to do it via video. So the girls get more of an idea of what this guy is really like. Cause I even say to the ladies, like you may see like this quote unquote, most attractive guy, but like when he opens his mouth and he talks, you're like, 
oh, no, no, no. Like this, he doesn't actually really love God or he doesn't have that many passions, you know? So you don't, you may be swiping right to someone on a dating app because of looks or because he write, he knows how to write the right things. When you actually meet that person and interact with their character, you're like, oh, no, no, no. Right. And so I wanted people to get a better sense. And then on the flip side, maybe a guy you wouldn't naturally consider based on quote unquote looks. Cause we do that. We unfortunately are so visually driven. I want you to be able to see the guy's heart and see like, Oh, there's more to this person. And I connect with their spirit. I connect with their passions and it's much more than just the initial photo that you see. Okay. So the ladies then, if they find a guy that they have commonalities with, and I encourage the women, don't drop the hanky on every guy. Let's just like Calm down, everybody. Really think <laughs> about who it is that you truly connect with. And you also don't just have to message the guy that's in your same town. Like, who is it you truly connect with and why or have mutual interest with? Um, so then they'll drop the hanky, aka write a message on Instagram. Hey, I saw your video. I liked XYZ things. Compliment the, uh, them about something. And, or if you have a point of common interest, they'll share something back, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. I saw you mention this. I love doing that too. And I really think that's so awesome that you're passionate about that. Like, find a point of connection, drop the hanky, and then see what the guy does in response. Like, Hey, um, sometimes I encourage the ladies too to send a video if they really want to, because the guy already mm-hmm. did a video. So send a video. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it works. And we've actually seen tons of people forming relationships through drop the hanky, which is so awesome. Some in real life, like they live in similar towns, some long distance, like we've had people cross countries, It's been so cool, Trevor, to just see people and above all, whether or not you join and you meet the person of your dreams, like I think it is there to a get you out of your comfort zone, get you to do something you've probably never done before. And that builds a muscle of confidence within you. So that's the first reason why I love it. You get to be vulnerable and you get to practice walking in your worth and your confidence. And then secondly, Um, actually let me do a second and then I'll do a third second. You are also practicing your dating skills. You're practicing connecting and talking to someone. We need to do that more. We really do Mm -hmm. in a healthy Christian way. Okay. And then thirdly, you're getting encouraged that there are good men and women out there. Sometimes we go on so many of these dating apps and we just don't see a lot of Christian people and, or they say they're Christian. They're not really, you know what I mean? And I can't vouch for every guy in our program. I don't personally know them, right? Maybe, maybe they aren't that great. Some, some of them, I don't know. We tried to we try to filter as much as we can through that, but I personally don't know every person, right? Yeah. But we are watching their videos. We are listening to what they're saying. We we post people who do seemingly love Jesus. And so there's a level of like encouragement in that already. Same with the girls joining the program. You can bet that they're people that are like women who really do love God and are serious about dating. So I think if anything, it's going to give you an encouragement that there are good men and women out there. So hmm. Yeah, that was my goal in creating Drop the Hanky. <laughs> That's amazing. Has Kate Warman ever dropped the hanky? Um, I have before. Yes. <laughs> but How not did that to go? not to anyone in the program. Let me be clear. I don't, uh, I don't we don't we don't cross the lines there. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like watching the videos, being like, that's my man. No, just that's I, mine. Don't yeah. post it. <laughs> yeah, no, let's just save that one. No, but I've definitely dropped the hanky. Oh, absolutely. That's why I love the concept because I've done it in the past so many times. Mm-hmm. 
No, I love that so much. So you have all of this amazing stuff going with your brand right now. I want to know what led you to this. I know you started off in fashion. Um, I actually found a video of you at Sundance and you looked like a totally oh, different person. Oh my gosh. Why did you find that video? Nobody because Google that right now. Never. <laughs> every, no. So I was, I always go through YouTube and try to find videos of people talking about what they're passionate about to get ready for these interviews. And I found the Sundance video and it was just so crazy for me because, uh, my friend, Brittany Moses, you did an episode with, uh-huh. I listened to some of that. Then I watched some of the Sundance and then I saw one and it's like, not only has your style changed in the past few years, um, your makeup style has changed. And I'm not huge on like, oh, girl, look at that makeup. Like, no, like it's just an obvious like you took a completely different path. And it's like you smile a whole lot more now and you have a beautiful yeah. smile. You make oh, sure that you. people know that you are different now. What yes. what did this journey look like for you? Oh man. And that was many years ago. It was probably like four years ago, almost actually coming up on five years ago that yes, I had platinum hair. It was, it was just different. You know, I, it's really been the last three to four years that I have evolved and like done a metamorphosis into just really a different her, a woman um, and really yeah. discovering who I am, the intricacies of my heart, stripping down the layers from anywhere from fashion to makeup to mm. hair color, like everything, you know, uh, what was the question? Because I, I, re- I'm responding and I didn't even answer what your question was. <laughs> What's <laughs> I gotcha. Um, what was your journey leading up to who you are now? Oh, okay. So Uh, to be honest, I am an Enneagram three, a performer through and through, and I have lived my life wanting to be seen a certain way, you know, to be Mm -hmm. very honest with you. And I was really good at work and school. First, I was good at school and I was really good. I wanted to stand out. So I stood out through my fashion. I stood out through my grades. I just wanted to be the unique person. And I I was for a lot of high school and, and college. And I was at the top of my class. And then I got into fashion and I always had unique fashion style. And I really did have a passion for fashion. I still love fashion, but and it's it just in a different way. It's evolved, you know? Um, but I was at the top of all these different things. And it was interesting because the number one category that I cared the most about of what people thought about me was men. So that's where the whole relationship thing comes into play because on top of me striving really hard in work and in other areas, I also really tried to get it to be like, every guy likes me. I am the guy, girl's guy. And I, for, from the age of 14 to 24, I had back-to-back relationships. I was never single in that entire mm. time. I mean, I literally can't even remember a time where I was basically single. I always had a guy. One year I had like 16 boyfriends, just flew through them, just was new in town and just, I moved cities and I was like, every guy, okay, cool, cool, cool. New girl. I love it. People are seeing me. I'm popular. I want to curate this image of the popular girl, right? So I had constant boyfriends. Um, Again, so flash forward age 24, basically. I had just gotten out of a really abusive relationship and Mm. I was still in fashion. And that was the weird part is I was showing up to work, thriving and killing it, wearing these outfits, lipstick, hair, all the things. And then behind closed doors, I was broken and I was being abused and I hated myself. And um, so I had to really go through a long journey, Trevor, of 
who is Kate outside of relationships? That's where it started. Who is Kate outside of relationships? And then over the last few years, I've had to be stripped down the layers even further of who is Kate without performance? Who is Kate without putting on a mask and looking a very specific way to public, to the public? And if you had asked me five years ago, if I'd ever be sitting here sharing about my inner workings of my heart or my story, that was my biggest fear. I literally would have laughed in your face and been like, that will never happen. You can't pay me money to talk about my struggles, about my abuse story. No, no, no. Like that is behind closed doors. I want to curate this image, you know? And so it started with me figuring out who I was outside of relationships. Then I had to, God had to strip me of who I am outside of just work and performance and curating an image of myself. And So in the last few years, he's really worked on that second half too, which means less makeup and more just who I am. I was just in Mexico for a few weeks, didn't wear makeup at all, didn't do my hair, didn't care what I looked like in a bathing suit and just was so free. I mean, and I didn't, I, I didn't, I loved it. Like, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, what does that person think of how I look? I was just like, this is great. Like I used to struggle looking people in the eyes because I was afraid of what they would see. And now I, in stripping down the layers and reworking and wiring what I think and see about myself, it all starts with how we see us. You know, I'm going to read this quote that is in my book from Gabourey Sibide. It says, one day I decided that I was beautiful. And so I carried out my life as if I was a beautiful girl. It doesn't have anything to do with how the world perceives you. What matters is what you see. And so for me, that is what I have to come into alignment with every single day. And not that I'm perfectly arrived or that I don't still have some performance you know, tendencies for sure. It's still a struggle um, in ways. And I'm, I'm constantly trying to be refined by Jesus in that way. But there's so much more freedom when you can take off the the cape of having it all together, reveal who you truly are, um, and lay your heart out there for people. And not in a way that's unsafe. Like I wouldn't say tell every single person on the planet, your whole story and all the inner workings of your heart, you know, like keep some of that sacred for sure. I think we need to have a balance with vulnerability, but I just look at your intentions. Why are you doing the things you're doing? Are you performing for that job because it gives you more validation? Do you need to be in a relationship because it makes you feel more loved? What are, what are your intentions? And yeah. bring it back to how do you really want to live your life and what really matters? And really that if you're a Christian, it will direct you back to God in that way as well. So yeah. that's a little spiel for you there. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. And in the vulnerability market, I just finished one of Brene Brown's books and yes. she's phenomenal. Which um, one? Which one did you read? I can't even remember what it's called. It's so good. I just finished it on Audible. But yes. they it's almost like her vulnerability is contagious to a certain extent. And I highly recommend that people go. It's daring greatly. Um, yes, and I, I highly it. recommend people go listen to her um, special on Netflix. It was amazing. But yeah. when it comes to vulnerability, one thing that I've really had to tackle with being a mental health advocate and suicide prevention is like for me as a person, I started struggling with anxiety when I was around 17 or 18 years old and I let it cripple me for two whole years. And mm-hmm. I went and started living the American dream, quote unquote, working for AT&T, bought a house, bought a new car, thought I was living the dream, but inside I was broken and depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2018, God called me back into ministry. And prior to the 
um, mental breakdown my senior year of high school, I was touring, doing all the fun things in the Christian circle. Um, in high school, I was out with like Hillsong United and like, it was amazing. Mm. And, but when I had that mental breakdown, I let that become my identity. I let anxiety Mm. become my identity. And until 2018, uh, God called me to come back. And it was like in second Kings two, nine it's talking about giving, asking God for a double portion of his spirit. (laughs) And that's just been that cornerstone for me and overcoming and learning like, okay, I may not ever be able to be on stage with X, Y, and Z, but it's not about the size of the platform anymore. And once I accepted that and found my identity and who Jesus created me to be, and Mm -hmm. I had this conclusion that I'm stronger than my symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it again, you are stronger than your symptoms, anxiety, Mm -hmm. depression, suicidal thoughts, ideation, uh, loneliness, financial Mm -hmm. distress, all of these things can build up and cause triggers and not only stress, but anxiety and depression. So Mm -hmm. when it comes down to being vulnerable and sharing things, I posted a video on my Instagram a few weeks ago and it's probably the most vulnerable I could ever be. I had just had a panic attack in uh, when I was getting massage of all places, you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. so relaxed. And I'm just like tears rolling down my face. Like guys don't do that. Guys Mm -hmm. don't talk about, anxiety, depression is just not Mm. a common thing to do. And God called me to do that. Mm. And I've never found so much strength and being vulnerable with not just people, but myself. Yeah. Because mind you, two years, a little over two, I was lying to myself. I don't have a problem. I'm living the American dream. Right, right, right. I knew there was more. But Going back to your story, what would you recommend for somebody that is hiding behind those masks? Like yeah. today, what would you say maybe some practical tips and steps that they could take today, whether it's writing it down on paper, yeah. um, starting a journal, starting to map out um, their brand? What would yeah. Kate Warman say? Yeah, I would first say, you know, this is the hardest thing. You got to go into the wall. We reached a wall and we don't even know it's there. Um, We're we're just always living not past the wall, just before the wall. And we got to go through the wall, which means that we got to dig up some really hard stuff to get through this really thick, intense wall that um, is blocking us from the fullness of who God created us to be. And oftentimes, you know, if you know anything about like the shadow side and things like that, we, we have the side to us that is, you know, and if you know the Enneagram types, we, we live into, there's per, certain parts of us that are just so unique and beautiful, like me performing, it, there are good elements to that. And I can use some of those strengths to create and build businesses and do incredible things and encourage other people. And that's the beauty of being an Enneagram three for me. The shadow side of it is when I'm doing those things for the intention of validation. And mm. I, it's like an addiction almost in ways. And um, I'm being nice so that it looks good, but so that people will actually like me. Right. And so the intention is like, wait a second, it's off. Um, and so we have to go through the wall. Like where, where are we getting our identity from right now? I mean, that would be a question to ask yourself right now to be really hard. And then I would take it a step further to say like, 
um, to ask a close friend in your life or somebody close to you, like, where do you see me getting my value from? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a really hard one. It has to be somebody who knows the inner workings of your heart though. And so if you don't have that person, well, great opportunity to start in confessing and being friends and forming discipleship with the close person in your life. But where are you getting your identity from? And it could be different layers, right? Then we have to work through those layers one by one. Um, I also am just going to secondly recommend a book that I flew flew through. It was so good. And now I'm continuing to go back and read it. But the book is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And I think every person, especially every Christian needs this book beyond anything. Not that it's better than the Bible. I mean, go to the Bible first and foremost, but this book is so good. And he talks about how so much of our discipleship is living in this very thin layer. And underneath that layer is an iceberg. You know, if you've seen diagrams of an iceberg and we never address the iceberg under the water, we just live like with a limp our entire lives and we get so used to it, but God has another way for us. And, you know, we, we do just the basics when it comes to transforming our heart and refining ourselves and serving and discipleship. We don't actually go into these deep layers and those deep layers are where the trans it's really tough to really face the things about yourself that have maybe allowed you to thrive in some ways, you know, but they've also probably crippled you without even knowing it. And so uh, a lot of these things are, again, walking with a limp. You don't even know it's there, but once you start experiencing what it's like to walk without a limp, you're like, whoa, I don't want to go back to having that limp, you know, but, or we may be carrying a backpack filled with all these different things and all these burdens we don't even know what it's like to not carry that backpack because after you've been carrying something for so long, it just becomes a part of you. Like you don't even Mm. realize it's there until someone takes it off. You're like, that's so much lighter, but we, we expect that relationships, that people, those things are going to take those burdens off of us. No, the only person that can help us is a God relationship with God, but be ourselves taking the steps that we need. So Mm. Really, again, it's reckoning with our stories, the things of our past, reckoning with where we're getting our identities from, and then rebuilding what we want to see about ourselves, who we truly are, who God truly says that we are. Some things about your tendencies are really good. And then some parts of your tendencies have unhealthy nature that need to be refined and transformed. And so this is totally a process. So A, what are your, um, what's driving your identity? B, get that book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And C, just really start on a journey of therapy and discipleship, truly. Mm-hmm. Like we we need that. Um, we were not meant to heal and do any of this alone. And so I could not have done any of the journey that I'm sharing with you today without counselors, lots of therapy and, and also mentors and close people in my life. I have about six to eight girlfriends that know every single thing about me. Okay. They know everything so that when I'm dating or in relation or in situations, like they know my tendencies, they're like, okay, I think that, um, this is coming up right now, Kate. I think maybe you, you, they know my blind spots, you know, we have to make sure we have people in our lives that can speak to those things. So that's what I would say. (laughs) <laughs> I love that so much. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Heart of Dating Conference and how people can get involved with that? Yes. So the conference launched in July. We had over 30 speakers talk about a variety of topics, um, seven different areas we covered and just so many things. We talked about sex. We talked about singleness. We talked about um, mental health. We talked about heartbreak and wholeness and healing. We talked about dating how-tos and dating tools that you need to thrive in dating. So, so many different things. 
And one of the things I loved about the conference was just bringing like-minded people together. Uh, churches so often don't have singles ministries. And my heart is to say, to, to one, call that out because there need to be more singles ministries, but also to do what I can to steward healthy community with people that are going through similar situations. Um, the church is filled with singles. I mean, the majority of churches right now are single actually. And so they singles need to be stewarded. So I want churches to do that individually, but we're doing what we can at Heart of Dating. And the conference was a way for us to have people get involved with, um, tools that they need to help them thrive in their single life and in their dating life and to also meet other people. And again, going back to that community, thrive in community with like-minded people who are going along this journey with you. And for 30 speakers, it's only $49. And that is an amazing price. So if you're listening to this right now and you want more information on Heart of Dating, go check out the Heart of Dating conference on their website. They can find Kate on social media at yeah. Kateness. It's K-A-I-T-N-E-S-S. Yes. Super simple to remember. And then also, guys, be sure to go sign up. Forget the girl, the five-day men's challenge, which starts on October 19th. Kate, what? thank you so much for taking your time to do this and be sure whenever pre-orders are available to go pre-order her book. Thank you for rejecting me. And thanks again, Kate. Thanks Trevor. This is awesome. I just want to empower you. Like this is so awesome that you're doing this as a guy. I want to value and honor men that are stepping up to be vulnerable, to talk about these kinds of topics. Cause that's, that is difficult for a man to do. And I want to recognize that and just say, thank you for the work you're doing. It is really incredible. And so whenever I see a dude, or otherwise stepping up in vulnerability i'm like yes let's honor that and i just want to empower you it's really incredible thank you so much and we will talk to y'all next week want to learn more about god and his will for your life one verse at a time i'm quinice petway co-host of the your daily bible verse podcast i'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com